0: From studio day j and j it's the happy wrestling fan podcast and now here's your host of the happy wrestling fan podcast jeff Menalia. Hello everyone and welcome to episode eleven of the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jeff Menalia. And guys, we are coming off the heels of the longest episode in the history of this podcast thus far. (laughs) Um, If you listen to it in one sitting, congratulations. You have way more time on your hands than I do. (laughs) But if you listen to it in more than one sitting, um, you know, that's understandable. Guys, it was almost double... The length of a normal episode of the pod and I apologize but you gotta understand um it was episode 10 going into the double digits here and there was two big things you know uh, on that episode I got, I I had a conversation with my best friend of 24 years and I talked about the huge double and nothing weekend. So, you know, at the same time, uh, for the same show, so you just consider those two things. Um, did I, you know, know how long it was going to be? Uh, no. But, you know, I promise this week's won't be as long. Um, nowhere near as long. Um, so that's why we should... Uh, start uh getting right into it right now as always welcome to the show like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the happy wrestling fan podcast like follow us on twitter at happy fan pod and listen to subscribe on the following platforms Enter, breaker doodle pod Podcast, radio, public, Spotify, and iTunes. Guys, the main topic of discussion is not a recap. It's actually a deep dive, if you will, because you know what? I promise deep dives, and I haven't done any since episode three. In my view, in my opinions, um, with the with my meet and read meet dive. Meat dive. Deep dive. <laughs> um, so I had this idea of doing, because with, with uh, tomorrow being the first day of summer, as well as Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Dad, and to all dads out there. Um, but yeah, it's the first day of summer. And it hit me. I was trying to figure out a topic to discussion for this week's episode, and it hit me. Summertime and wrestling. You know, I you WrestleMania season, you think the lead up to WrestleMania is the hottest angles and feuds and storylines. Yeah, it is. However, the summertime is equally and just as hot with Feuds, angles, and whatnot, matches, pay-per-views, whatever Uh, events that happened in the summer. Always, always hot angles during the summer, in my view. And I was gonna do some of my favorite wrestling memories during summertime. As just one episode, though, like multiple memories. and then I asked you on my Facebook page, what were some of your favorite summertime wrestling memories? And the result was unanimous. The majority of you, all three of you, <laughs> said uh, Summer of Punch 2011. So then they got me thinking, and the way some of you responded, got me thinking, you know, why not, why instead of doing one episode on multiple summer memories, why don't I do multiple episodes on one particular summer? So, in what I, in the within coming up within the next few weeks, and what I am dubbing my summer series of episodes, um, I will be talking about some of my favorite wrestling moments during the summer, during different summer times, starting with tonight's or today's main topic of the discussion. As requested by you, the loyal listeners of the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast, the summer of Punk, aka Summer 2011. With that being said, let's move on to follow-ups and guys, got a couple uh, surprises for you. You know that. You know something that I promised in the past few weeks? Well, guess what? It's starting the day. Yes. We got transitions. We got music. A lot of cool stuff coming up. So let's get started. All right. Now, full disclosure follow ups and news transitions. You know, the the intros are going to be a little generic, but I promise you the over the top and the three time QA, those are going to be pretty cool. Now, um, follow ups. Okay, guys. And recaps. It's been a few... It's been a weird couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. Um, aside from AEW, haven't really been watching much wrestling. I've been following up on a few things here and there, but I haven't been really watching much. Um... I uh what was it I I wanted to watch in your house I haven't yet but I'm going to do a quick uh result recap for that the re- the recaps are going going to be all over the place today and it's not full recaps either so apologies um plus I want to let like us said, I want to bang this out because that the main topic you know, the deep dives I talked about. So I I, I don't want that these segments to be very long. Um, We'll get to the, uh, we'll get to the In Your House results in a minute, as well as other stuff from other uh, promotions. But first, I also want to say, uh, I apologize. I've been... Uh, Slot in on Dark Side of the Rain and the AE biographies as well. I, I haven't seen Mid Foley's yet, and I haven't seen Bret Hart's yet. Um, and as far as Dark Side goes, I'm behind in that too. I apologize. The wife watched Dark Side though, and um, she has said that both episodes pretty heavy the it was the drizzly smith and the you know the smith family episode as well as the um my kid episode so i gotta brace myself for that um we'll do a recap and a follow-up on that next episode um because now there's no more episodes for the biography. And then there's no more dark side for now until September because they got to, they got to film the rest of the season and like edit it together and stuff like that, Um, which they haven't done. So yet because of, you know, COVID and stuff that's been going on, but um, so yeah, that'll be discussed next episode. Uh, This past Wednesday, what was going to be, a continuation of my rewatch, I decided to do um, a lead-in, if you will, to this week's episode um, and watched the Raw Roulette from June 27th, 2011, which was the infamous pipe bomb episode of... Um, from CM Punk at the end of the episode. And so, yeah, that's up right now. Once again, watching lawn is, uh, encouraged, obviously. Otherwise, it's just a boring-ass show of silence and just periodically of, uh, periodically talking throughout. Um, so it's highly encouraged that you watch along with the episode. Um, I'm still going to be doing so. I, I'm I'm thinking about that watch along Wednesday now. Coming up, I got a few. Like I said, I'm going to do a few stuff about this, you know different summers, my favorite summers. So, in the watch along Wednesday episodes leading up to the next episode of the pod. What do you think I should do? Should I do episodes that relate to whatever the main topic of discussion will be for that week, or just randomly do whatever I want? Because if I do the latter, um, then the next episode... Uh, the which is June thirtieth episode of Watch Along Wednesday it will be probably me watching the ECW episode of Raw from nineteen ninety seven to continue my we watch. Um, when I might get up to that point, you know, off, you know, not podcasting, if you will, just on my own time. Um, that's what I'm planning on doing because it was a significant episode of uh, you know, with. ECW showing up, and that was my introduction to ECW, actually. After that, I wanted to learn more about it, um, and was a fan from then on before ECW. So, or like I said, I can do um, I can watch an episode um, that, if, that leads up to whatever I decided to talk about for the main topic of the discussion for for that week. For example, guys, I have a feeling that next episode, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite summers, the summer of 96, which was both the summer of the NWO, the, the, the origin of the NWO, which is, by the way, we're coming up at the 25th anniversary of, mind you, as well as the summer of the heartbreak kid Sean Michaels as WWF champion. So we're gonna talk about both those things. Maybe not as much as we're gonna talk about the summer of punt, seeing as it's um one, you know, there's two things, and there's a one thing, you know. I, I don't want it to be too long of an episode like, like last episode, but um, but well, we'll see how, whatever. So, in other words, basically, what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is, um, I would watch either the Doe home episode before the bash at the beach where NWO was formed which I think I might do because I think that was from Disney, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Well, so let me know in, uh, in the social media or if you have my number, text me. Um, Chris, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> um anyways. Uh definitely though, first view Friday, I'm sticking with the theme of picking a pay-per-view that was from that month that I have never seen for whatever reason. And I am sticking with uh a WCW pay-per-view. Speaking of um uh, Bash at the Beach. The Beach theme pay per view prior to Bash at the Beach was Beach Blast. Guys, I'm going to be watching Beach Blast '93, um, which I think was headlined by either um either Barry Windham and Ric Flair for the NWA title or Stingham, um British Bulldog versus. Sid and Vader so that should be a wild one to watch um, believe it or not I've seen I've watched Beach Blast 92 so that's why I'm choosing 93 instead of 92 Um, I bought it on, I rented it on VHS or DVD once um, and I've seen it so anyway That's coming up the first week, the first Friday of July, so July 3rd. No, excuse me, July 3rd is the episode 12, July 2nd. I will have a new schedule up on the Twitter, pinned to the Twitter uh, page for all the upcoming episodes throughout July, heading into August. I already listed it out and made made the graphic for it. So be on the lookout on my Twitter page for that. And then, of course, I'll post it to the Facebook page as well. Um, All right. So NXT in your house. Did not watch it. Will watch it eventually. However, let's just go through some quick results from that show. Um, Bronson Reed and MSK. The North American champion and the tag team champions defeated Legado del Fantasma. Um, in the all or nothing match, basically, it was all titles were on the line. The the tag in the North American titles. Uh, Zia Lee, or Zia Lee, excuse me, I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, defeated Mercedes Martinez. By the way, speaking of not saying things right, Last week during my um, Double or Nothing recap, I apologize for the women's title match. I referred to Sheeta as Riho a couple times. I caught that and I just wanted to apologize for that. Keep in mind, I wasn't in uh, (laughs) I I was in rough shape that day. Um, That weekend, actually, because of the whole uh, vaccine, um, shot and uh, side effects. But anyway, I apologize. Um, LA Knight defeated Cameron Grimes in a ladder match for the vacant million dollar title, which I gotta say, it's been pretty interesting, Angel, with million dollar man lately. Um, Raquel Gonzalez defeated Ember Moon for the, to retain the NXT women's title. And uh, Karrion Tross defeated O'Reilly, Tyler O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Giant Dardano, and Pete Dune to retain the NXT World Heavyweight title. Now by the way, speaking of speaking of the way and giant Ordano and how about that deer from the way? I'll tell you what, that was badass. That was you had Candace dressed up as the kid. You had Austin Theory as Diesel. You had Dardano is Michaels, and you had Indy Hartwell as um, Razor, and their dog, Johnny and Candace's dog, as Hunter. Genius. Pure fucking genius, by the way. Um, so that was pretty fire. And then at the end of the show, um, uh, with the recent brawling during the show, the, the, the brawls that broke out during the show, plus the recent months, um, William Regal um, explained that he thinks, with all that's been going on and all of this, as during his time as general manager, that something needs to change, which we will get to in the news of what that change is. Will be, what well, was. Um, big news there. So, yeah, that was uh, in your house. Again, I will watch it and I will um, give you my feedback on it next episode. But that's all you're getting from now. And then uh, another news, another recaps uh, Shindo Tachadi defeated Okada to win the vacant um, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Dominion. And on that same card, Kori Bushi defeated Jeff Cobb in a hard-fought match as well. Um, Now, Shingo... Is going to defend the title, Identity Bougie, at the next bid event, Wrestle Grand Slam, at the Tokyo Dome, July twenty fifth, live from the Tokyo Dome. The second show from the Tokyo Dome, in the same year. It's gonna be big. My prediction, obviously, for that, obviously, if you know me. It's pretty obvious who I'm voting vo- for in that one. The wife, surprisingly, doesn't think so. Because they don't play hot potato with the titles. Like, certain so other companies do. <laughs> um, but, um. so yeah, she doesn't think, as a bit as totally bushy fan as she is, I think she thinks that Shindo is going to retain ever Grand Slam. We shall see. We shall see. Um, I'm sure she'd be happy either way. Either way, regardless. Um, Don't you won't be, Jazz. Um, So, as far as impact goes, I didn't sell odds. Can you matter retained? Against Moose. Not only was it. At an AEW arena. That the match took place. He won. Because of. Help from. The Young Okay guys. I'm going to talk about Kenny Omega. In this week's. 3 town q Q&A. Because I, I. There was a question. That Chris asked in the last episode that I did not answer and will answer this week that I promised last time, last episode. And so having said that, um, that'll be talked about later, my opinion about Kenya Mater. In the meantime... As far as WWE goes, guys, honestly, I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown these past few weeks. Like literally, I I, I didn't retort it. I didn't watch it. I might have watched. I mean, okay, I watched a little bit of it this past week on Raw. Um, I've seen highlights on YouTube, but I didn't actually watch the episodes themselves. And as far as Raw, goes with this week um or this past week rather i tuned in like a half hour after it started so i kind of watched but mostly just had it on in the background saw the fucking thing with eva marie and and hey, hey no you know what though let's talk about that for a second Eva Marie made her debut of Return Batarat. She was supposed to face uh, Naomi. However, turns out Eva Marie had a little sidekick with her, and she wrestled in the match. And she squashed Naomi. Now, couple things I have a problem with about this. Number one, the person that squashed Naomi, the announcers acted like they didn't know. And that's bullshit. She's only been busting her ass on NHC UK and in the in the. In the May Unclassic. Viper Niven. A.K.A. Viper. Is her name. I hope to God. They do not change it. Especially since I read what they might change it to. That's, that's just ridiculous. And that's an insult to the fans. Number one. Number two. Fans are assholes. Twitter. Uh, excuse me, on Twitter uh, the IWC if you will, are assholes for body shaming Piper, that's fucked up you guys suck number three Piper is a great wrestler looking forward to what she can do, however I really wish she wasn't with Eva Marie, number one number two I really wish she didn't have to squash Naomi. Does that fuck up Naomi's uh, um, career as well? Naomi deserves better. She could They they could have just made a fight a job or fall out here. Why did that? Why why did you have to bring Naomi into involved and 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 squash her in a few minutes? Does that have the wrestling community pissed off too? And quite faintly, I'll admit, yeah, I was pissed. But, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I will say this, though. Uh, RK Bro and New Day had a hell of a tad match this past uh, Monday. So that was enjoyable. I'm trying to remember who I think it was. Yeah, I think R.J. Bo retained, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, retained. They they won, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then you know they still have the thing with Lashley and Drew for Sunday at Hell in a Cell, which by the way, probably gonna watch, but I probably not. I don't know yet. We shall see. Um, weird Hell in a Cell realization as well. Full disclosure, I'm recording this on a Thursday night. Uh, so I just read that Friday on SmackDown, instead of the pay-per-view, which I don't understand why they do this, Raised in a fight roman in a hell in a cell friday instead of sunday why 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 i don't know (laughs) damn it Uh, i want to i want to like the product but again they're making it so difficult all right um you know what i'm done that's it that's all i got for we caps let's take you now to some news mostly about aw and one thing about NXT. like that, that's my little news transition. Anyway, uh, the news. So, William Riedel, like I said, said that it was time for a change. All things needed to change. So, who does he hire as his right-hand man? None other than Samoa Joe, the man they released a few weeks ago. So, now, Joe's back. And he's taking care of business. He's taking everyone's ass. Taking ass and taking names. So I'm hoping that means he can be back in some sort of wrestling capacity. And not just, you know, be on time. Well, I, he's not going to be on time Terry, I hope, anymore. Um, and he actually can wrestle again. So, first of all, congratulations to Samojo for being back down. Raw. Excuse me, NFT. Um and AW I forgot to write down the New York uh, venue, but I think I remember it. Um Anyway, AW, you know they're going back on the road soon, so we got upcoming shows from uh, Miami, Texas, two different places in Texas, I believe, Austin and Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we got uh, Road Ranger coming up in Miami on July seventh, July fourteenth, and twenty first. From again those two Texas places. Uh, we got Fighter Fest. And July 28th. Hey, my wife and is anniversary. Uh, five years. Um, we got Fight for the Fallen from Charlotte, North Carolina. And it was announced earlier this week that um They're going to be in New York City for the first time. They're doing debut in the New York City area. Uh, September 22nd at, I believe it's called Archer Ash Stadium. If I'm mistaken, if I am, I apologize. I'll have to look it up again. But um, it's a tennis uh, stadium, looks like a cool venue. I believe it's 23,000 seats. Um huge venue. And if it if they get it, that place sold out, man, I'll tell you what, that's going to be something. By the way, uh they were also on, uh, in Forbes magazine was Tony Khan and, um talking about how he's new uh new Leader of the Reign and I, 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 you know, I, it's he's the uh, Forbes isn't wrong in my in my opinion Forbes ain't wrong. Um, Vince better watch his ass. Anyway, although I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode or not, but I know I mentioned it on Watch All on Wednesday. It was announced that SummerSlam this year. Will be in Vegas from, uh, I believe, the Raiders uh, Stadium. If I'm not mistaken. So yeah, two uh, two bid venues for two different companies coming up in the near future. Uh, full disclosure: the New York show, I really want to go to, but unfortunately. Not unfortunately, but um, my mother in laws getting married later that weekend, so got to go to that instead. It um, does <laughs> save money to go to that instead. Um, what else is going on? Actually, that's it. Yeah, so that's all I have for the news. That's, no, here we go, guys. It is now time to go over the, top. 360 over the top. Over the top is the segment where you, the listener, send me, the host, a category and a number of said category, and I go over the top. List of whatever territory you give me. For example, you give me top five finishers. I'll list off my top five finishers. Well, what'd you think? Huh? Huh? I like it. Um, I will say though, the over the top, uh, sound clip that I wanted, I could not find. So he says it a little faster than I wanted him to driller but you know, that's the closest I got to, um, getting that flip. Um, and I, I can't, I know I've heard it and I For the life of me, I've been trying to find it on stuff I used to watch as a kid over and over again, on, like, the Peacock and, like, the old pay-per-views and stuff, but I could not find it. Um, Anyway, got a good, great, actually, um, topic for over-the-top this week, or category, rather. Oh, before I forget, um, during the... uh, during the, I, I I looked it up. It's Arthur Ashe Stadium, not Archer Ashe Stadium. So my my apologies to that. Um, that that that, that AEW is going to be in. Um, anyway, good, great great today. It's in keeping in theme with today's main topic. Um. And comes from friend of the show and friend in real life, Chris Destusic. Now, he asked who my, he suggested my favorite CM Punk matches, my top five or top 10 favorite CM Punk matches. Of course, I'm going to do the 10, but I texted him and said if I could tweak it a little bit. And of course he said that was fine. So instead of matches, I'm going to do opponents because if I do matches, it's gonna be I, I we're gonna it's we're gonna be here all night. um yeah and it's and like like literally it'll be to make a list of matches um plus a lot of matches he's fought the same people in different matches and it's like trying to think which one was better than the other, you know, it's just going to be too hard for me. So that's why I decided, decided opponents instead of, because um, he's had multiple matches with these uh, certain opponents that I've chosen. And um, I think he's had for the majority of it, uh, great matches with the people that I've chosen. So, I uh, couple of things to note. I did not mention Triple H at all on here. Um, though that was a good match, even though Triple H went over. Um, and he really shouldn't have, but, um, Left out another, a couple of other people too, but for the most part, I'm I'm pretty solid with this list, and also uh, I just stuck with WWE because it's the theme. Like it's we're talking about the summer punt, so. WWE run, you know, but um the majority of his WWE run meaning like his days and his earlier days and like with ECW and stuff. I I I included too. I I made sure to include as well. So um and with the Straight Edge Society and stuff, although I don't have well, yeah, I do. That's not true. I do. have some from that era as well. Um anyway, so, yeah, I have a little bit of uh, of a mix within his WWE runs um, that I have. Starting with number 10, John Morrison. Now, if you remember John, he had a um, pretty decent feud with uh, John Morrison for the ECW title in WWE. ECW, um, and he uh, finally won it from uh, Morrison. Um, but yeah, I, you know, so definitely. Great. I remember, I remember these matches and thinking because I, I was I was a punk fan since he's he came in like I, I liked them a lot, um, when he came in, um, and so I'm like, oh man, I wish he'd, you know, and then when Morrison kept winning, it's like, damn it, Morris, you know, I, I you know, my wind's punching a win this title, you know, and so he finally did, and, um, I was, uh, I was happy, it was, it was a good first title run, you know, I believe it lasted, uh, Little well over 143 days, or something like that. Um, before this man beat him for it, number nine on my list uh, of favorite CM Punk opponents, Chavo Guerrero. Now, you might be thinking, why Chavo? Well, first of all, Chavo was a very underrated ECW champion, um, WWE ECW, I should say. Uh, and that feud was it was pretty fun actually. Um I remember when Punch <laughs> disguised himself as the mariachi guy in the in the band during uh Chavo's uh title celebration. And then I believe they had the first ever Dolph of Mexico match where the first the with the loser is the one who throws them into the Golf of Mexico and you lose. Um so it was pretty fun. It was a pretty fun feud. And uh I um I enjoyed it a lot. So that's why he's number nine. Number eight. I don't mean that. That's why he's on the list. Rather. Number eight, Ray Mysterio. Another guy where I believe it was the start of his heel run where he, um, you know, when the straight edge society he had. He was um, feuding with Ray at this time. I I want to say they had a match where if Ray won, Punt would do his head shaved bald. And then if Ray lost, he had to join the Straight Edge Society or something like that. I can't remember. Um, well, wait, no, because then he, just I think Punk won that match. I mean, I know Punk eventually loses his hair at one point in a rematch, I think. Um, regardless, that was a f- another fun feud and um, great uh, matches to watch. The fact that um, <laughs> Punk got shaved bald and then uh, you know, his disciples at the time, Serena Deeb and uh Luke Gallows, you know, who are all you know, already bald. Um, and then and then Joey Mercury. I think that's what it was. Joey Mercury interfered in one of the matches to have Punk win, but then they it was a weird thing where they had to do it again. They re they reinstated the um, stipulations again for the following pay-for-you, and then, um, that's when Ray beat him. Um, and then he wore a mask at the, at the time, did uh, punch because he was ashamed to be bald when he had his disciples bald or shaved bald too at the time. Uh, so yeah, that was a great, great feud. Um, Next up, we got uh Dolph Ziggler. During his long title reign as WWE champion, which we will get to in just a few minutes. Um he feuded with Ziggler. hell of great matches, you know, it was, um Zidler beat him a couple times, but then when it counted, uh, Punt retained his title. So like the, the time Zidler beat him obviously it wasn't for the title. But um yeah, great matches, great opponent. Um that was the, the whole um, the whole thing with that Loranitis uh set up as well, I believe. Had to have Dolph Zidler be the um The number one contender and him as the enforcer or whatever and he he still beat him um, I believe it was at rumble if I'm not mistaken so but it was it was uh rumble 2012 yeah rumble 2012 if I'm not mistaken um so yeah that was another dude uh Jeff Hardy is number six Jeff at I mean Punk actually cashed in on Hardy at SummerSlam after Hardy beat Edge in a ladder match, I believe, at at SummerSlam. And he cashed in his money in the bank the second time to win uh, the title. Um, from Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio, what the fuck? From Jeff Hardy, excuse me. And then they feuded a while. And then uh, that's actually when Punt first turned heel and formed the straight edge society. Um, because he was saying how he lives the drug-free lifestyle and Jeff Hardy's, you know, was a junkie and stuff like that. I mean I, that that part of it I didn't think was, you know. But I mean he couldn't have two opposite, you know, one drug free, one sadly at the time, you know, was what he was on. Oh did what he did, you know, at the time. Um But um but yeah, that feud was great. A lot of great feud. This all should be the feuds of this is but because a lot of these guys feuded with him, were great feuds. Um, not just opponents. To their multiple match? That's a, that's the thing, though. You know, that's why if I had to choose which match I liked more from, it would have been very very difficult. Um, uh, number five, Chris Jericho. It, another one of my favorite feuds, and opponents for um, Punch specifically because here you got two guys that claim to be the best in the world at what they do. All these Jericho, you know, thinks that he is just the best in the world at what he does. Um, Do you know what he's saying to you right now? Um, So... (laughs) And then they did the whole thing at Mania. Punk beat him at Mania. But then they did the whole thing with um, Punk being, like, you know, quote-unquote drunk, you know? And uh, that's the – okay, so here's the thing that bothered me. Well (laughs) – I mean, probably it probably uh, I'm not sound full of, I'm gonna sound let like it march for a minute. So it probably did, you know, the whole thing with the, the Jack Daniels, I believe it was, that he poured on Punt. Granted, he didn't get any of it in his, you know, mouth or anything. Does he is he is straight edge and that is legit. But I'm like, was that real whiskey or not? And if it was, and you know, I don't know. that 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 part got me when he did that. Um probably wasn't, and I'm probably just sounding like such a anyway. But um <laughs> yeah, the whole thing where Gerto accused of about seeing punch of uh drinking and stuff like that. Um, because his mo- his, his, I believe his dad was a drunk or his mother was a junkie and his sister or something, so it was very personal feud. Um, but in the end, uh, punked him out on top of that one, I believe. And then, um, number four, Randy Orton. So the history with Orton and punt. Um, I believe, I don't think he ever, did he not beat Orton? See, some of these matches he didn't win, which is obvious, but damn, he, I don't think he, I don't think he ever beat him. I do know that he became part of the new Nexus and attacked Orton for taking him out during his first title run when Orton was in Legacy. And they reignited the feud like five years later or something like that, maybe, do a take. So that was a, that was a cool thing. And then... Um, I remember there being some uh, dispute with uh, them being on the position of the card they were in for WrestleMania. Like they they felt that they should have been higher up. And quite frankly, I agree. Um, I think they were like mid card or something, like the fifth match or something. They should have been like later on, not necessarily main event, but not necessarily mid card either. But. Um, you know, that was just great uh, opponent as well. Number three, the Undertaker. So yes, there was that time when he was in the straight edge society and um they they recreated the Montreal screw job at breaking point when Tater beat Punt in the... with Hell's Date, but Teddy Long came out and said, uh, we started the match because Vicky Guerrero, you know, banned that move, and it was still in effect. Um, so, Punt won with the Anaconda Vice, and uh, the ref screwed him over when Undertaker didn't submit. So, you know, uh, uh, punt with a flute win over the Taker, and Tater. And yes, even though he lost when they feuded at West, uh, for the WrestleMania feud, um, that buildup, though, when he was with Paul Heyman, punt was, and he was, it was just, unfortunately, it was right around the time that. Paul Bearer passed away too. Um, and they did that thing with Paul dressed as, well, Paul Bearer. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> aside from that moment, um, the whole build up to that was pretty good. Um, it's a shame. Punch wasn't the one to end the street and become the one in I believe the number at the time was 21 and 1 if that's if that's if I'm not mistaken. That was the line. Because I remember he, you know, he had possession of the urn as well. Um did uh punch, So um and he would like he would just toss it around. Uh very, you know, disrespectfully to the urn and stuff like that. It was was great. Um, But they had a great match at Mania. And uh, yeah. So here's number three. Number two, though. The man who is also Discussed in the main topic of the discussion. One John Cena, if you will. I don't know why I just did dusty there. But <laughs> John Cena. But honest to God the match that they had at Money in the Bait, the match was was supposed to be punched last match in the WWE um in Chicago just that they went 30 plus minutes and it was probably John Cena's that is not true that is not, one of John Cena's best matches ever I was just remembering about the uh that hour long match he had with Michaels on the raw prior to mania or was it prior to or after their mania match i can't remember but um that was a hell of a match too um that was actually my favorite scene of match but um but no that still still incredible incredible opponent for um punch You know, they, they, they he they he always gave him the best matches, always put on the best matches with him, whether teaming with them or against them. They they put on the great um you know, hell of a matches. You know, hell hell of a matches, hell of a match. Well hell of a great match. I don't know what I'm saying right now. So so yeah, it was, it was they, they were great, okay? The the matches were great. There we go, Jesus Christ. That's a botch. Um, But, above all the other opponents, my number one favorite CM Punk opponent, and this is kind of cheating a little bit, because I know I said WWE, but they've had many great feuds outside WWE as well, in one Queen of Honor, Daniel Bryan. Whenever they got in the uh, ring together, it was magic. Seriously, great match, great apo- like great matches. You know, and then they even uh, they even teamed together towards the end. Um, they would call the goats or something like that. the, the greatest of all time. Or the greatest of all teams, or something like that. I, I I forgot what they were called. Um, but they were, they are the Dotes. And um two of the greatest to ever locked up in the ring. Um so there you have it, my top ten favorite CM Punch opponents, and now Without further ado, let us go to our main topic of the session, where we go over part one. Well, not really part one, but the first episode in our summer series, if you will. Ah, uh, the summer of Punch. all right so let's begin the first of our summer series but first a quick note as to why i'm doing this well basically i had the idea when like i said earlier um a lot of great stuff in wrestling happens during the summer and i think it's because they think the audience which is mostly at the time you know you know kids or like teenagers or whatever of school the home they want to see good time you know good rest great wrestling they want you know they could stay up late they don't have to worry about school or nothing or work so I, I i i'm at least that that's what i'm guessing <laughs> you know as a as a kid who grew up in the 90s and all that that's what i'm guessing that they the reason they did what they did which just having great summer feuds and events and wrestling pay-per-views and everything like that and uh just hot angles storylines whatever you want to so then I thought I'd talk about some of my favorites um, in an episode. And then it hit me, why do, like I mentioned earlier, why do one episode with multiple memories when I can do multiple episodes about one certain summer Memories, if you will, um, enter summer series. What I'm calling this, uh, so throughout the summer, um, from now until uh, end of August, maybe, maybe in uh, no, yeah, probably end of August. I know summer doesn't end until, like, September 22nd or some shit like that, but to me, summer ends when... Summer ends in August to me. I don't, you know, just you know... Um, like I said, being a kid, you know, summer vacation ended from June to August, and then we were back in school by Labor Day or some shit, so, <laughs> you know, that, that that to me is summer, uh, so probably throughout the end of August, we're going to be talking about a few of my favorite summer uh, res- res- summer wrestling memories. And what better way to kick off these summer wrestling memory deep dives, if you will, I suppose you would say, is the 2011 summer, which I was clearly out of school by then. But <laughs> um, it was still a hell of a summer. Um, the summer of punk. So, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice just <laughs> cracked. So we start off, and I basically this is like you, you don't even realize. Okay, luckily on YouTube, YouTube is a glorious thing. There was a playlist that someone made on YouTube. It had like 80 some videos in it. And it was all following the summer of punk and like timeline wise and everything like it was, it was, it was great. So I watched a shit ton of those just for refreshers. I bullet pointed most of it. Didn't my dates down. Probably should have, but that's okay. Um, some I remember, some I don't, but that's I that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, and some of this is going, like I said, some of this is going into an Indian summer, if you will. Because some of this will end up being in September, and then we'll briefly talk about him finally regaining the title in Survivor Series and all that. But that, that'll be the end of the Story. Let us start at the beginning. June two thousand eleven. CM punch beats Ray Mysterio at capital punishment. CM Punk declares, and he's beaten the, and they beat the champion John Cena on the raw prior to capital punishment. So he feels like it's only fair that he he's the number one contender for the WWE title. Uh then he reveals Oh, I'm sorry for that. The anonymous uh, general manager, god that ain't no fucking suck. But anyway, the anonymous uh, general manager uh declared or put punk in a triple threat number one contender match against, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Ray Mysterio and Alberto W. That sound right? I did not write that down for some reason. But it doesn't matter because he won the triple threat match, did punt, and then he announced that his contract expires on the day after money in the bank and he declares that he's going to win the title from Cena. enter the following week on war, which by the way, Once again, we just watched this past week on on Wednesday. If you do not um, watch that episode with me, I suggest you do so uh, for a little refresher. (laughs) Um, Because that was the infamous pipe bomb episode. Personally, myself, I saw this a few days later because I was actually on vacation in Illinois at the time I was visiting friends in my hometown at Schomburg, but I heard um, that I missed one hell of a promo and um I actually did see it on on uh, did I watch I I either watched it on YouTube or. I watched it when I got home from the trip because um, it was being recorded for me. So uh, either way, I saw it and it was like, holy shit, this is this is crazy. Um, but yeah, his infamous pipe armor, he declares himself the best in the world. And he can't stand Cena because he's just like, I mean, he respects Cena. But he doesn't like the fact that he kisses Vince's ass just like Hogan and uh, Dwayne, a.k.a. The Rock, but he calls him Dwayne because he's a smart ass. Um, and he also mentions that uh, he's a Paul Heyman guy. And so that becomes a thing, the Paul Heyman guy. Uh, eventually they get a shirt made out of it. Uh and then he declares how he's gonna uh once he wins the title, he, he he promotion he 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 says he might draw uh bring it to New Japan or go back to you know Vinirvana. And then he you know waves and says, Hi, Coltabana. Um you know what's funny, I just realized now. He mentioned New Japan Pro Wrestling in 2011. I mean, sorry, I'm I, I'm sidetracking a little bit because I just I didn't get into New Japan until my wife got into it, which was um, end of 2016, early 2017. But like. I guess it didn't have the same effect on me as um ECW when they came on WWE. Like when they came on WWE, I wanted to know what is ECW. Cause that was like the bid three. They were part of the bid three though. Then, and then I guess New Japan at the time wasn't really I mean it was going on, it's been going on longer than I think WWE and and uh has, but um. Anyway, I don't know. I'm, I don't know where this is going. Uh, <laughs> I, my my mind is random. All right, and then he um. Then he says something about how. You know, I would probably think. Um, sometimes I like to think that this company would be better than Dave. You know, Vince McMahon dies. But then that, that just isn't the case because it's then take um be taken over by his uh idiotic daughter and doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. And then he mentions something about you wanna know, uh you want to speak about McMahon, you want to know a story about McMahon? You got this anti-bullying campaign, right? And then that's when his mic got cut off. And um The show abruptly ends. um, Leaving everyone wondering what the hell just happened. And thinking, oh, was this a shoot or a work or whatnot? And it was a word shoot, if you will. Um, Later we find out. And then so Punk then gets uh, quote unquote suspended. I say quote unquote because later on the next week. Um following quotes, following quotes, following punt suspension, uh Cena still wants his match with punt at Money in the bank to which Vince is not happy about because he's just doing what's best for business, and he doesn't want punt to beat Cena if by chance he does. And then he uh and take the title away from you know the company to which uh you know Cena' determined to beat him, but uh vince so in the end uh Vince ends up reinstating punt after. Uh, Cena just, you know, kept on harassing him. Uh, Vince, rather, to to make the match happen and bring him back. Because I mean, he suspended him for, you know, what speaking his mind. I mean, what's next? You know that you know. It's the first amendment, It's it's all about First Amendment. You know, freedom of speech. You know what happened to that. So then Vince threatens Cena though after he reinstates and makes the match, he goes, uh, if you lose, you know, I will fight, you know, that he's gonna fire his ass. Um so then the next week after that, reinstated punch speaks his mind. He says, why? Um he said what he said and uh you know he said uh stuff like he wanted change in the WWE and honestly we all did didn't we? I mean at, at this time was when we started to be like okay guys you know something's got to give um and Punk was just the one that you know, try to. He was the voice of the voiceless, if you will. You know the, um. And then, I believe this is when. Oh yeah, John Cena confronted Punk, and that's when he's told him. uh You know a lot of people uh stood before him and said that they were going to beat him and they were going to beat him um and he proved them all wrong um and that's how he told you know he told punch was um did gonna beat his ass at uh, money in the bank and you know retaining his title um But prior to that, we'll quit. Uh, Punt said, uh, instead of one-on-one in the back, uh, how about we do the first ever live contract negotiations um, to to negotiate his contract, a new contract for Punt with McMahon, right? So then uh, McMahon writes off, uh, you know, my man, in terms of the rain, he has the contract ready. He has it all. He met all Punch's demands, or oh, so he thought. You know, he wants to be on the merchandise. He wants to be on, uh, you know, the, he wants a T-shirt. He wants, you know, to be main event. Although, no, no, that's what punch adds. Punch said he read the... Him and his lawyers read the town chat and he made a few changes. Um and uh one of the biggest ones was uh he wants uh the WWE ice cream bars back. And that popped the crowd, and uh, I remember hearing that and that popped me too, because believe it or not, as a kid, I actually never had a WWE F ice cream bar. Um I could never find them. I don't know, I don't know why. And I, I think every time the ice cream truck came by, I think uh I would just get like the, either the 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 ice cream with the the dumbbell eyes or the you know like the ninja Turtle with the I, sorry I don't have to, don't have tangent. To um I mean but literally the the, the fans are chanting ice cream bars, ice cream bars. Uh and he wanted to be on the main event of wrestlemania he wanted to have uh Dwayne and cena have his match but whatever he ends up um against whoever he ends up with he wants to be the main event of wrestlemania which uh as you know never happened um but i've since heard that he doesn't it doesn't bother him that he was not He he doesn't care anymore that he wasn't the main event. Um, But um, so, let me think here where I'm at. Oh yeah. So then, as Vince is about to sign the contract. You know, he's he's, actually winning the sign, you know, and Cena comes out, and then... uh, Oh, my God, I just saw this last night. What the fuck? Why can't I think of it? Um, So Cena comes out talking more uh, shit to punk and then oh yes then punch starts uh talk because i think they were in massachusetts at the time you know what yes yes they were Masses massachusetts because then he starts list, listing off um this you know cena's you know favorite sports teams at the boston Red Sox, or the Bruins, and all that. But you, you know, he's just talking in a uh, trash to uh, to Cena. And then he tells him, uh, You've become, then he tells him, You become what you, you despise. You become a dynasty. You, you know, to which Cena's like, Hey, watch it, punk. I'm serious. And then he goes, You become. The New York Yankees and Cena nails him. To which Punk gets upset, tears up the uh, contract that McMahon was going to sign, and you know, promises that he will leave Chicago as the WWE champion, excuse me, WWE champion, and leave the company, you know and that's exactly what he does money in the bank July 17th 2011 Chicago Illinois live sh- the, the the crowd was like the the Chicago crowd in general is just awesome Because we know how to cheer um <laughs> and we know how to give a pop but the i mean it was just it It was basically Cena versus the world at this point, uh, with the fans and and uh, Punk. But I'll tell you what, like I mentioned, in over the top, Punk put on Punk. Well, Punk did put on a hell of a performance as he won. But Cena, my God, I think Cena did a Karana in the match for the first time ever. I think, if I recall that I've never seen him do before. I mean, he pulled out all the stops just trying to beat uh, um, Punk, and then they would undo do a strew job. Uh, Cena had him in the STF, and Vince was at ringside with Laurinaitis, and he was telling him to uh, go to the timekeeper, tell him to ring the bell. Cena sees this, and stops Laurinaitis and tells Vince not this way. I don't want to win like that. To which he gets back to the ring. Punk gets the door to sleep. Punk gets the one, the two, the three. And no, we're not taking me out to the ball game, but we are having a new WWE champion. And then Del Rio comes out, tries to cash in his recently won money in the bank to which Punk hits him in the head. The ref never in the bell. There was no match. There was no official. The the match was an official. Punk blows a kiss to McMahon on the way out and he leaves through the crowd. As champion, to which the infamous <laughs> title in the fridge picture that's taking place, I <laughs> you just you'd see his uh, the WWE title just in his fridge. It's why I put it in his fridge, I it's beyond me, but it was um pretty pretty funny tweet. All right, so then. You know, we're left without a champion. WWE is left without a champion. And Vince is about to fire Cena. All of a sudden, Triple H comes out and says that nobody's getting fired. Well, I mean, Cena's not getting fired. However, he's had a meeting with the board of directors and they all voted... They all were questioning McMahon's decisions lately. And they voted on what action to take. And they voted, uh, they think that, you know, they did McMahon a vote of no confidence. Therefore, and it was so hard for Triple H to do since he's, you know, his father in law and everything. Uh, so an emotional Triple H. Fires his father-in-law and relieves him of his duties. And he says that he's been uh ordered to take charge, to which the fans react uh joyously. To be brutally honest, I think they'll act the same way if he was relieved nowadays, but I digress. Um it's so funny how things 10 years. Later, still. All right. Meanwhile. Uh, <laughs> huh. um, so then. Um, oh, prior to Vince being fired, he announces this tournament for a new WWE champion to be crowned. Um, the result of that or the, the finals of that match was going to happen. But then Vince said uh, postpone until next week um, because fire and Cena was more important than uh, the, WWE, the WWE title at the moment. I don't know why the fuck I keep saying WWF. Um, WWE title at the moment. So, um, and then that's when all that ensued and Vince got laid off and you know what whatnot. So then the following week... You got Miz and Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio winning the WWE title only to face John Cena who is technically owed a rematch for the WWE title Um, on the same show to which Cena does win and then it happens. You hear it. The sound you heard at as the intro to this segment. Living color, talk to personality plays. Cena, confused looking on his face, not knowing who whose music that is. He said, That's not my music. And there was no Titan tron at the time. Um, I mean there was no video on the tron at the time until he finally comes out cm punk returns eight days later after he supposedly is done you know he he quit wwe <sighs> so then <laughs> you got the dilemma of two wwe champions and which one is the real one? We don't know. But um, it's at this point that Punk explains why he returned. Since he was what he mentioned earlier that he how he wanted to change and he was the voice of the voiceless, and he needs to stick around for those. So he can be, you know, and um, and he said he's already seen the change already as Triple H is now in charge instead of McMahon. But, uh, you know, it's not like they're all buddy-buddy because, you know, tensions between those two start to – get heated when uh um you know Punk keeps disrespecting hunter and his wife and uh just all that stuff and then um triple H eventually makes the match for SummerSlam for the undisputed uh title you know you know to unify the two titles, undisputed title. Or well, there would only be one undisputed WWE champion at SummerSlam. And he declares himself the special guest referee for that match. to SummerSlam. Punk wins the title in controversial fashion, though, because Cena clearly had His um, foot on the rope. Okay. So then, um, uh, Triple H is still talented, anyways. Triple H is still talented, anyways. Then, however, Uh, out of nowhere, Kevin Nash comes out and attacks Punk, causing Del Rio to come down, cash in, win the WWE title, from Punk. And that's when things start to get, you know, we are now heading into September At this point. um, And there's this whole. Controversial thing was. um, Nash got this text. He thought was from Triple H. Saying. No matter who wins tonight. Stiff the winner. And um, Triple H says it wasn't from him. Nash says. It was from his numbers, so who was the touch from? Punk ain't buying any of this bullshit. <laughs> and he can't even believe that Nash is, you know, Nash did is here and he did what he did. And uh he made some funny mention that oh um, you know, I touched on my sister. You want to know what she says? I'll yeah, I'll show you. OMG. Uh, uh, Nash is Hold on. He's like, OMG. Nash is still here? I thought he was dead. LOL. <laughs> um, and uh, so um, for the next couple of weeks, we assume. That we're going to get Nash versus Punt. However, Nash probably had to deal, you know, with his quads at the time, and you know the. Uh, <laughs> still. Um, oh, plus out of all this, Laurinaitis gets involved, saying how. Um, At one point, Loida tells Triple H that Oh Nash got in a car accident, or something, but that was just to get him out of the arena, and he still was in the building. Nash and he he tossed. Um... Damn, did he he tossed Punk a match against? I think it was the Miz. At the time, I'm not mistaken. I'm I'm not hundred percent on that. But um so you yeah, now you know punch is just pissed because uh he you know he wants he wants to beat Nash's ass, you know, and he couldn't because the first time he tried was uh you know he had security with him and by the way if you look at who the security was at this time I think not 100% sure well actually wait a minute No, let me think about this again. okay definitely one of them looked like a young strobio sky like a young young strobio sky if I'm not mistaken so that's a little easter egg for you there. The, one of the security guards um and then there was someone else too, and I can't remember who, but um but he looked familiar. But anyway oh shit was that the same day? Or oh, is this a the... you know Nash had told Triple H at the security you know, it wasn't for him, it was for Punt, because you knew I would've, he would have killed him for the, the disrespect that uh, Punt's been talking about Triple H and his wife and everything, and he's getting pissed. So now... um Now, however, Nash says he's got a Legends deal that he negotiated with Laurinaitis. So... So while all this is happening, Punch's not, you know, believing all the bullshit that he's hearing, and he's like pretending that he's sick and throwing up everywhere, and he says how, um, you know, you know, now you expect me to believe that you didn't, te- you weren't the one who sent him the text, and now you signed him to a, you know, a, t- a contract. Oh, you know, you bring them back, you realize The click is bad, everyone. And the funniest thing was when he said the click is bad, he said, oh, but the funny thing is that's the sound that people make with the remote whenever Nash is on, on screen. Or <laughs> that's also the sound that his knees make whenever he watched. Clit, clit, click." So then, uh, launch, you know, Trash talking continues. Punt wants to kick Nash's ass at this point for doing what he did, tossing him the title at SummerSlam. And uh, so Triple H makes the match official, or so we thought. Um, Nash versus Punt at Night of Champions. Well, then, I mean, this whole thing is just – bullshit to me but we'll we'll do more on that later when we fantasy book Um, so then uh, for whatever reason like I said probably had something to do with uh, uh, Nash's quads the match was cancelled and it was made um, Punk versus Triple H instead for the Night of Champions um, to where? Let me think. To where? It was a noted match, and the the damnedest thing was during that match, at that champions, Miz and All Truth came out, and they beat the crap out of uh, both guys. And then um I got brain fog for a second. and then the oh yeah they, they tried to make Punk win the match, but they didn't uh triple H chipped out or whatever for whatever reason and then um in the end, Triple H won the match after like three pedigrees to Triple uh, to 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 punt. Um, he kicked out of the first two. So, and I believe, and there was some bullshit with like one of the refs getting nailed by Truth or whatever, and then. Uh, Lonidas comes out and he has Oh yeah yeah so Triple H was gonna win and then he had um another ref come down but he had the ref check on the other ref at the time to where it's like what the hell and um I don't know it was a very weird match that I don't think really needed to happened to be honest with you. Um and triple h won and it was it was it was pointless for him to win. Uh and this is what like I said we're getting into an Indian summer now it's like September through November (laughs) at this point. Because eventually you know not to make this too much longer than it is um Cena Alberto Del Rio and CM Punk all face each other all face each other at Hell in a Cell for the WWE title. Now I believe Alberto wins that match. Yes, he does. Alberto wins the match. But uh I'm sorry, let me backtrack a few uh a little bit. After Night of Champions, um Punt thinks he finally figured out this conspiracy theory. Uh, there's only one man since it wasn't Triple H and you know that to tested Nash or whatever, it had to have been you know John Leonidas. Because he wants you know, says he was so far off Vince's ass, he wants to be COO instead of Triple H. He wanted to be, you know, that's what according to punt. So, um, Loanitis fires punt to which uh, Triple H goes, No, he's not fired, but by the end of the night, someone will be. And uh, Triple H says, You know, they went to war. He's still beat up from last night, but he he has actually gained respect from Punk at this point, um, to where he punishes our truth and uh, Miz by for interfering in that match. Then you know by finding them both. 200, you know, a quarter of a million dollars each, and then having them fight Cena and punt in the main event. To which, after the match, uh, Triple H comes out and fires Miz and all truth. So they're all pissed off. They try to attack Triple H after the fact, but they did all kicked out. Thrown out unceremoniously by the wrestlers uh, in the back and um, and security and stuff. So, at the end of the Hell in a Cell match, the fired r Truth and Miz. You know, come out in hoods that are lead pipes. They beat the shit out of all three guys and the refs, the cameramen, and the cell is lowered. By the way, like the cell starts to raise. And that's how they'd get our truth and Miz did it in. <coughs> but then it just lowered again. And of course, the door the is locked. So it's like, how are they going to get in? they Triple H, got a bunch of wrestlers out there. They're trying to get them in, get them in. They can't get in. So they're beating up Cena. They're beating up Punch. They're beating up. How? Uh... I think they even beat up. Al- did they beat up Alberto or was Alberto already escaped? I cannot remember. Either way, um, this is really sort of irrelevant because I, I honestly can't remember. I don't think I followed up on what I... I mean, obviously, eventually, Miz and our uh, truth get said somehow. I really didn't do a follow-up on that, but I... Um, in order for punk to have a match with alberto for the title all alberto had to do was agree and uh, yeah lowenitis was going to give him that match then um which is weird so holy shit wait a minute wait 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 oh, okay That's how they got a job. The board of directors, as well as the wrestlers, with everything that's been happening and going on, voted no confidence on Triple H. And then they went on strike. And then that's how they got their job back. And then that's how... um, Somehow a punk got his shot. Damn it. I'm so I you know what? I was up really late watching all these videos, and it's like you know, um the next day yeah, yeah it's uh can't remember the exact details. But long story short, too late, <laughs> um Uh, Punk puts Alberto in the end kind of vice until he gives him a title match. Alberto accepts. So Survivor Series happens and Punk finally once again wins the WWE title at Survivor Series and goes on to become one of the longest reigning WWE champions for the uh 434 days. Holy shit. So, there you have it. Summer of punk. Summer of change. Summer of whatever you want to call it. Yes, it lasted into the uh, fall, but you know, whatever. Um... What did I think? What were my thoughts on it? To be honest, I loved it. I loved the whole thing. I made me, I mean, I was already a CM Punk fan, and it made me even more of a CM Punk fan. Um, CM Punk definitely became one of my top favorites for sure. Following, uh, just following Money in the Bank, really. If you think about it, like, um, actually, no, following the pipe bomb, really. So from there on it was like I was all on board with, with Punt or whatever he did, you know, I was I was a fan. And then uh to end this little uh deep dive here. Um if uh what, what what could have been done differently? Let, let, let's do some fantasy booking here and see, you know, hear how I would have booked it all. So I was thinking about this um, while at work today, you know, outside of doing work. Uh, but no, no, I mean, I, I I was doing work, but I, 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 uh, I was thinking about stuff other than work at the time. um. And I was thinking what I would have did differently. Or how I would have put this uh, Summer of punt. Clearly, I would have still had him win the title at Money in the Bank and then leave. I would not, however, have made him come back eight days later. I would have then for storyline purposes, you know, Vince, the thing with Vince getting fired, that still happens. That still happens. But the tournament that he announced goes, it's not a one-day tournament. It goes on for, you know, a, a weeks. Um, You know, a few weeks leading up to, the weeks leading up to SummerSlam, if you will. Right? So then you have Miz and Rey Mysterio still in the finals. And that's all great and fine and dandy. And then you have... um Yeah, no, yeah. You have Miz versus Rey Mysterio at SummerSlam. Right? Right. Then, the next night on Raw, you have John Cena face, um, do you have, hold on a second, because I'm thinking now. Does Alberto cash in? You know what? Yes. Alberto does cash in. He cashes in at SummerSlam and defeats Rey Mysterio after, like, maybe, oh, I don't know, R-Truth comes out and beats up on... on, uh, Helps Miz out, and then they beat down Rey Mysterio, and then all of a sudden out comes uh, Alberto Del Rio and cashes in. So then you have Alberto fight Cena, because Cena never got his actual rematch. Oh, he wasn't in the tournament, but he he is owed a rematch for his title that he lost, and he gets it the night after SummerSlam, and Alberto Del Rio. Cena wins. then. Enter CM Punk. And then at Night of Champions have CM Punk versus John Cena for the undisputed title. Then um, you can still have, for whatever reason during that match, our Truth and Miz come out. There you go. Our Truth and Miz come out, beat up on the guys, and uh, it's still no uh rules. You know, Spunk and, uh, and Cena. Um, hell, make Triple H the ref of that match at night of champions. I'm basically trying to eliminate the fact that Nash even came back at all. And I'm basically trying to, you know, eliminate the fact that triple H faces CM punch at all, at least not at that time, maybe down the line. He does, but not at that time. Uh, which is why I make then um let me think. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm thinking. Okay, sorry, this is fancy. I can go back. new plan. <laughs> How about this? um so you got ms and r-truth interfere right in uh punt versus cena at night of champions with triple h as the ref they cars they TARS a double no they they don't cause a double disqualification there's no disqualification they do something that they can't go on with the match how about that and triple h is pissed fires them and then yeah there you go okay and then uh they have a rematch at hell in a cell but alberto is included Because he's still owed a a rematch for the title, and he somehow gets politics his way in. Um, Triple threat. So, that aspect, that match I keep. And Alberto wins the title then, and then uh, CM Punch still wins at Survivor Series. So yeah, Similar main thing I'm doing is eliminating any aspects of Triple H versus CM Punk at all and the whole Nash texting bullshit. Um, you know, clip clip <laughs> That still popped me. I'm sorry. Um, so there you have it, folks. That is my... That is how I would have booked it. I wouldn't have him have him come back eight days later. I'd have him come back maybe a month later, have a month off, vacation, whatever. Somehow, um, you did you, they could have said like, Oh, as Triple H is the CEO now, he should have said, or COO now he should have said, Oh, um, He had talks with punch throughout the month, or whatever, and that that's how he would have bought him batch. So, yeah, there you have it, folks. The summer of punch, hell of a summer. And I'll tell you what, punch not only helped himself, which was another reason why oh Triple H. Knew that he, he only came back, he wants change, but that change includes that him being on top. You know, he was only out for himself, he didn't care what the people, I mean, which was somewhat true. But, um, but he helped a lot of people on the way, too. One person he helped was uh, Zach Ryder, I think, because that was also Ryder's uh great year as well but that's a different story for a different podcast guys let's end this with the three count Q and A the three count Q and A is a segment where i answer three different questions from three different listeners or sometimes, three different questions from the same listener. It all depends on who sends in the questions. So that um, that intro is actually a a pending intro. Um, I might change up the wording of it a little bit in future episodes, but right now, that's that's what I have it as, because let's face it, the way this segment's been going each episode, uh, I I haven't been just, I haven't been getting a lot of questions. I don't know why. But anyway, uh, this week's questions, Tom from, I mean, full disclosure, my buddies, Chris and Eric, um, They've been killing it every episode with the questions, and I truly appreciate them. Um, Guys, seriously, though, if you want your question answered, just ask it. (laughs) It's not that hard. Um, Going back to the last episode. Now, see, I've always said I was going to do this. And I've never done it yet, until now. So, going back to the last episode, there was a question, and this is the question from Chris, that he asked, which version of Tenio Meder do I prefer? I, I believe the, the, the wordage was... Uh, you know the 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 cleaner, the Bullet Club, Kenny Omega, or the Wrestling God. You know, best bout machine, elite Kenny Omega. And I told him I would answer this episode because I needed a few weeks to think about it, and I thought about it, and honestly. Prior to I wanna say oh 2013 excuse me that's way too far, Brad. Prior to <laughs> 2017, there you go. That that's more realistic. Um had no idea who Kenny Omega was. Didn't know he was part of I didn't know what the bullet club was. I didn't know anything about New Japan at all. The wife got invested in it. And so therefore she introduced me with it. And that was our first uh Wrestle Kingdom pay-per-view we saw, or event rather, that we saw was uh, when we subscribed to New Japan World. Um 2017. Who was that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Wrestle Team 11, if I'm not mistaken, with Okada versus Omega 1. I hope I'm right on that. But that was the first time I ever I saw a Kenny Omega match. And he was part of the Bullet Club, which in part was actually part of the Elite also in the bullet club. That was the tenure matter I was introduced to. That was the matter that I loved. Um as a wrestler and maybe as a human being slightly uh <laughs> hey no no judgment there. Um And I know, like I said before, and I know he's a heel now. I mean, he was a heel back then. Well, he started off as one until that match. That match then kind of transitioned him into, I mean, the fans started to love him. And, you know, why wouldn't they? And then when he transitioned, you know, when he reunited with Ibushi, they had a Golden Lovers reunion. That really... You know, and then the the golden elite, you know. So that Kenny, that Kenny, I was I was about to call him Kenny Ibushi, that Kenny Omega, you know, was the one I preferred. Now this Kenny Omega, I you know, regardless, I'm I'm still a fan, but there's a few things. That I'm not a fan of. And I like I said, I know he's a heel now again. And I know that um, you know, heels do this sort of thing with outside interference and shit. But to me, if he's the wrestling guy that he say, say he is, well, I mean, which is you know, not far from the truth, um, <laughs> why does he need the interference? You know, he doesn't need the outside interference to win. He doesn't need Don Callis to help win. He doesn't need, like, he can win on his own. So once he starts winning the matches on his own, like, the, the upcoming match he's got with General Boy, honest to God, I hope I mean, if there, if there tries to be interference, I hope that obviously Drew, Spurs will be there to prevent that from happening. But I hope that they have a hell of a match one-on-one. You know, General Boy versus his tenure matter coming up. And he gets a clean victory as a heel. I know clean and healed the meds but you know what it who knows so I'm hoping for that and if he doesn't well then he he doesn't um but to answer your question like I said I guess I'm preferring both in a way but I I like bullet club. Elite, Golden Elite, Golden Lover, Kenny matter. Obviously a little bit more in this one. Although I don't like although I don't not like this one. Um just certain things that I don't like about this one. This version of Kenny. Um That's why I just want code it it is ass over here and just knock some sense into Kenny and have the best feud of all time with him, maybe even. Um, That'll be amazing. Um, So yeah, there you have it. Uh, That was that. I might as well answer your question, one of your questions from this week, because uh Rez has a question as well that I want to answer. Um <laughs> He sent me four Chris sent me four questions this week. Uh and I appreciate it. Well one of them really wasn't I mean to answer I'm not answering your fourth question. I'm just I'm just saying your my answer to your fourth question. But I'm not, it's not included in the, it's not part of the question and answer portion. He, I know you want to do another interview with me and I know, or a discussion with me. And, you know, you're more than welcome to anytime. Just, you know, we'll set something up. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be about uh, what I've just discussed on here with Summer of Punk, but, um, It could be about anything, really. Um, I wouldn't mind having you on multiple times, to be honest with you, man. Seriously. Um, You've been number one supporter throughout the show, and you'd make a hell of a guess, Dan. So that answers that. But the real question I want to answer pertains to CM Punt. um and you asked if I see him returning to any wrestling company in any capacity or should he stay away and do other projects you gotta think about something now which I'm sure you have 2011 was 10 years ago, meaning he was 10 years younger than he was now, than he is now, obviously. He's 10 years older now than he was back then. Um, hasn't wrestled in a while. Doesn't mean he doesn't still train or whatever, but to me – Like you know the saying in wrestling goes, never say never. I wouldn't mind seeing him back in the ring. does he probably still go? I mean, look at sting. the man is sixty in his sixties, and he didn't still go. It punches like what twenty years younger than that. I think, yeah, he's got to be in his forties now, right I'm we're not mistaken um but you never know um so as far as where I want him want to see him obviously AEW obviously but um but who knows maybe some somehow he'll save the WWE from the what they're in if he decides to go back there, I, I don't know. Um, I refuse to answer your question about if I think Shawn Michaels is better, or if he's better than Shawn Michaels overall, uh, and about the GTS one, because I really, they both do it their own way and that it's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's my thought about that. Um the last question comes from Resner. Um wants to know what my favorite championship belt designs are. Which uh a few episodes back Chris asked me which ones I I I believe he asked me which ones that I liked of the turn product. The, the like the turn titles, I think he asked me. And I didn't answer it because <laughs> I didn't really like any of them. Um, but I will say, I will answer this one though, obviously, because it's what I do like, and I don't think it means turn day, it means any, you know, all time. Um so, yeah, I like the wing Needle, of course, first and foremost. The Winged Needle was classic. Um, I like the classic in the China-Nil title. The way it looks now is China. Uh, the U.S. title, more more in particular, the WCW U.S. title. WDF one was trying the, – the, the original one was trying to before they turned it into a spinner, and it was shit. And the one they have now is uh, not not really my cup of tea. Um the obviously the million dollar title was always cool. The smoking install belt was cool with Austin with what when he had it. Um As far as tad titles go the tad titles with um I believe there were the ones that the bulldog and Owen held and um as an exa- as one example I there were the classic it was um oh god what was the world was in red letters um over the over the um outline of the globe or whatever you want to call it um, and it was in the, the the world was in the middle as in the the, the word world and it was in red letters the, the, those belts were kind of cool I can't remember what else was on them Um, Tad belt wise that was my favorite Tad titles instead of like the ones they have now with the with the Roman like caesar's palace knight helmets whatever the fuck you want to call them the gladiator helmets that's the word i'm looking for gladiator helmets um so yeah those are just a few of my favorite ones uh classic white icy title i think is my favorite icy title version although there's been a lot of cool versions of the icy title the current one not being one of them um so yeah, there you go. Those are some of my a few of my favorite uh title designs and championships. Um And that about does it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope it's not I hope it I don't think um it's going to be anywhere near as long as uh Episode 10, like I said. Um, and I hope you will join us or me, rather. It's just, I don't know why I keep saying us. It's just me. It's just me and myself and I. Um, Next episode coming July 3rd, the day before the 4th of July. Episode 12. Until then, be sure to check out the two bonus episodes coming up. Um, We got Watch Along Wednesday, number five. I think. Let me think. One, two, three, four. Number four. Watch Along Wednesday, number four. Coming up June 30th. And we got... First view Friday number two coming up July second. And then the episode twelve, like I said, July third. Until then, this is Jeff Benalia saying keep on keeping on. No, keep spreading the happiness. Good night, everybody. Fans, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HappyFanPod. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. And be sure to subscribe and listen to us on various platforms that can all be found on the Anchor app. Until next time, I'm Jeff Menalia. John Oliva, Check us out. Rock and rolls like fighting in the rain. We got together to do our thing. We all play hard, we all play low. That's why we Yeah.